Thanks for joining us for Season 8 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. Hey, thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy or sweetheart, as they like to say, or something like that, right? Um, We are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, I got to tell you, we got a great show. I'm exhausted, Jimmy. I'm just coming from San Francisco, Murtek. I'm now I'm in Scottsdale at IFMA, the International Food Manufacturing Association show. What a show, Jimmy. I wish you were here. I wish you were here. It's gorgeous. I'm sitting by the pool. I got cocktails. I'm having a great time. But I got to say, really, Jimmy, we got a great show. Great show tonight. We got a, we got a great show. But Jesse, I told you, you can you can enjoy, you can play hard, but you got to start with the work hard. We work hard. We Jimmy, play hard. I am busting my yes. hump here at IFMA. I can't yes. tell you how hard I'm working here yes. in Scottsdale. Yes. I haven't seen yes. the pool yet. I haven't That's even right. seen the pool yet. That's right. And, and also, only because you, uh, you, you you created this opening, I'll simply say, yeah, thanks, sweetheart. Anyway, all right. Uh, we are very excited uh, for today's episode. Our guest today is our friend, Mr. Andre Venner, partner at Doghouse and Absolute Brands. Um, today's also an extra special day. This is a first. Why is it a first? Andre was a quick guest on our on the road at Fast Casual episode, and we enjoyed Andre's insight so much. He's the first guest we've ever pulled off the road into the studio and having him right back. So, oh, really, we- well, really, the thing was, Jimmy, you weren't there. So you weren't there, and I said, how can I have a podcast? And Jimmy's not even here. Andre, we got to get you back. You got to get back live with Jimmy. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. So look, we're going to jump into a very exciting episode with Andre. But before we do, we have a new segment, Trivia Tuesday. All you uh, haters, all you haters Jimmy, there, Jimmy, Jimmy didn't have enough segments, so he yes. cried to the producer. Yes, I cried, and, and we said, let's see. Jimmy likes tacos. Uh, today's Tuesday, and we'll go with uh, Trivia Tuesday. Uh, all you taco lovers don't know, keep your letters to yourself. So here we are, Trivia Tuesday. Um, we are going to uh, have a fun little trivia question question with each of our guests today we're going to ask andre something um whether this is true or false and you have to stick stick around to the end of the episode to find the answer so here we go true or false andre was a guest at michael jackson's funeral true oh i gotta tell you right now there's gonna be some crazy story there i know so i can't wait to hear that because that is a very that's a very cool question i gotta i can't wait to hear that I just want to say I was not at that funeral. So let me be very clear. I, Jimmy Frischling, not talking about Andre, I was not there. All right, let's get after it. Um, Andre, we're going to let you take the lead, assuming you're, you're not leading. You didn't walk out uh, with all that banter. We'd like you to take the lead. Give us a little um, background about yourself and your best elevator pitch on Doghouse. What's up, Jimmy? Shotzi, how are you guys doing? Uh, my name is Andre Venner. I'm one of the three founding partners at Doghouse. Doghouse is a franchise company that was founded in Pasadena, California, 2010. Today, we've got about 60 locations in 12 states. Um, we are known for dog sausage burgers, our hot Nashville chicken sandwiches, and some of our plant-based uh, foods. We also have a kick-ass bar program that we're proud of. 
And uh, another thing that we're known in the industry uh, for is our virtual brands, something that we've been doing uh, for now about a little over three years. You guys are really just rocking it out, man. We I was fortunate not only to hang with you at Fast Casual during our podcast, but had a fantastic dinner uh, with an illustrious crew. Uh, I don't even remember the name of the restaurant, but it was the crew that I remember. It was a great dinner. It was great salt, salt, salt on Mass. There you go. There you go. There you go. Great time in Indy. That was fun. Let me ask you something. Before we dive, uh, take a deeper dive into everything about Doghouse and everything you guys are doing, because you're killing it, man. You guys are all over the place. How does a guy born in Switzerland, raised in Germany, with a nickname Shatsy, which I happen to really like, that your mom called you Shatsy, how does that guy end up opening a hot dog stand in Pasadena? Well, I mean, come on, it's been a dream. Ever since I was in Germany, Freiburg, Germany, I'd go down to the church and they'd have all the different kinds of hot dog stands. And I would just be looking at those people selling thousands of hot dogs a day, out cooking them out of a trailer. And then the craziest thing, when everybody leave the, the church at the end of the day, there'd be like a couple, you know, two, three, four people left. And everybody would sweep up the floor and, and put the dogs away, put it in the trailer. And then all of a sudden, here comes these fancy Mercedes and Ferraris pulling these things away. I'm like, these guys are making a shitload of money. <laughs> I want to be in the hot dog space. So I ended, up getting, I ended up getting in the restaurant space. I owned a jazz club um, that did about 400 live shows a year, um, sometimes two shows a day, seven days a week in Pasadena. It was fine dining, white linen, tablecloth kind of a place. And then 08, 09 happened, and uh, let's just say I stopped making profit. Nobody wanted to buy an $80 tomahawk or a $300 bottle of wine. And, but I signed a 10-year lease, and I had eight more, eight more years extended on my original lease, and I had eight more years to go, and I said, shit, I'm screwed. What do I do? So going back to those days of how can I make money, I'm like, I remember those guys slinging hot dogs, making a few bucks in Europe. So I uh, decided to convert my jazz club. Uh, which had crazy amounts of celebrities playing in there from Sheila E to James Torme to all, all the, a lot of amazing jazz artists say, so I could s sell some hot dogs out of here. So I got together with a couple of buddies of mine um, and we were talking about things and we ended up uh, Hago, my business partner in Cossum. We just decided to, uh, um, we worked together in the past and we decided to open up a dog house and decided to go into that market during kind of back then the recession so and, the first uh, dog house was your old jazz club. Yeah, that was uh, the w that was the place that we converted into the first beer garden, and we did a little pop up one called Dog House, just a regular dog house on Hill Street, right down the street, one point four miles away. So they both kind of opened up simultaneously, and uh, yeah, that was that's where we uh, my old jazz club was our first ever dog house beer garden, and so that is uh, awesome. So yeah, got into the dogs because we still wanted to have an elevated high end product, but not be $90 a plate. So uh, that's when we created Doghouse. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, you know, Andre, we have a segment we've been doing um, on the podcast here, the Crystal Ball Moment, uh, where we ask our guests to share their thoughts on where the industry will be two years from now. But we're going to change this up a little bit because the fact is, if we take a step back, um, you actually had the foresight to create and develop virtual brands prior to the pandemic and the rise of ghost kitchens. I mean, you're a freaking visionary here. Can you share a bit about the evolution of your virtual concepts and the launch of your sister company, Absolute Brands? Yeah, well, prior to the pandemic, uh, we realized we were on all, all the third-party platforms, the um, 
for delivery. And we realized that nobody was ordering what the normal customer would order when they walk into a doghouse. So when you walk into a doghouse, you see a menu board that says dog, sausage, burgers, uh, fried chicken sandwich, and, and plant-based options. But when we looked at our SKUs from people ordering online for delivery, it was only dogs and sausages. And it was really weird. And so we realized because back in the day, you could have amount, X amount of SEO kind of words. You could only have dogs, burger, Americana. Um, that's what people are searching for. And so no, none of our fried chicken sandwiches or impossible products were being called for. So we decided to beat the system and we created, we looked at a menu and we dissected it into five different companies. So we came up with Big Belly Burgers. We came up with Bad Mother Clucker for chicken sandwiches. We came up with the Impossible Shop for plant-based. And so now we have these different companies that people could search. And now we are getting the exact representation of of what people would normally have when they come into our restaurant. And then the pandemic happened. And before the pandemic happened, we got into these ghost kitchens. We uh, started working with Michael from Kitchen United. Uh, happens to be our kids go to the same school. And he told me, you got to check out this thing. It's called a ghost kitchen. I'm like, what's a ghost kitchen? But anyways, the pandemic happened. These brands were created only for the ghost kitchens. But then I think about when I travel in Europe and you get on those trains and it says, you see that little mallet and it says, you know, grab and break glass in a case of emergency. And so when the pandemic happened, we said, shit, let's break the glass. And uh, we basically called up all of our franchisees and said, you can now sling these five concepts out of your actual stores since all the restaurants and bars got shut down and just go all into delivery. And we went from minus 45% in April to uh, the second half of the year being up 12.5% in 2020 with all of our bars and restaurants shut down. That's awesome. I remember you telling a story at Fast Casual about how I think it was your first franchisee. I don't remember, but the Chicago, you're the Chicago franchisee was doing terrible for whatever the reason. Maybe hot dogs had too much competition in Chicago. I don't remember. I remember you telling me the Chicago franchise was doing terrible and 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 you worked with him and he became quickly became, uh, adopting your virtual brands and became your number one franchisee. Can you share a little bit about that story or did I just tell the whole story? Uh, that's, that's half the story. So our Chicago franchisee decided to hire, not use our national PR agency, but to get a local franchise uh, PR company. He said, let, let us just handle it. They decided to tweak our press release and somehow they sent it out saying the first ever gourmet hot dog comes to Chicago. And let me tell you, did we get press? Yes. We were on the cover of the Chicago Tribune saying, what I kill you? Go pound stand, go back to California. Let's all boycott, boycott. What this is the guy from Pasadena? How about a Chicago, hot dogs in Chicago? And all of a sudden, our heads dropped. And this poor guy, he served for a country. He's a veteran. He signed a lease. He borrowed money from his uncle, opened up a store in Lincoln Park. He couldn't break $10,000 a week in sales. The guy was dying out. He was doing the best thing he could possibly do, give it his best. He had to finally go back to work in the finance world because he couldn't go bankrupt because his uncle lent him the money. And so now he's like screwed working in a job to pay back the debt of Doghouse. Well, after about another six months, two years into it, he's like, guys, I got to close. And Hago was speaking to him and said, we're about to do these virtual brands. Stand by. Give us just two more months, just two more months. And here's the first person to test them in December of 19, pre prior to the pandemic. And all of a sudden, there was a heartbeat. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, what the hell are these badass breakfast burritos? What's bad mother clucker? And today, 
He went from 10,000 a week to over 60,000 a week. He's one of our top performers. He's not only has that store crushing it, he opened two more stores in Chicago. He's opening his fourth store in Peoria in Illinois, and he bought some more territories in Florida. And this guy's like gangbusters with Doghouse. And these virtual brands are what gave him the lifeline. Today, Doghouse in Chicago might sell 25% of the sales, but the other 75% of the sales are these virtual brands. And people that are coming awesome. in to try and he And he paid back his uncle. That's he paid back his uncle. He paid back his uncle. I like that story. And then some. And then some. <laughs> so, so Andrea, while you started running your virtual kitchens uh, solely within your stores, um, you've now partnered with KU, Kitchen United, and Kroger. Shout out to our friends Brian and Matt over at City Group. Don't think we forgot about you guys. Shout out to you fellas. Uh, and Cloud Kitchen to grow your reach. While we're patiently waiting for a Kroger to open up in New York. Come on, Kroger. Let's go. Show up. Uh, we're going to have to rely on you to let us know what it's like, not just expanding your brand into groceries, but your experience as a customer as well. Yeah, I mean, what's different about this is we can't have some of our best items be part of this delivery uh, world. So let's use, for example, if we have French fries and tots, we're going to go with tots for delivery because the tots hold, they stay crispy. So we always need to think about how's that food going to reheat or how's it travel, what goes on that stuff. One of our number one sellers is a SoCali. comes with fresh arugula, tomatoes, sauces. Well, that's not something you want traveling in, in, you know, for delivery. So we've kind of created some menus unique, unique to delivering. The awesome thing about what Kitchen United and Michael's doing uh, with uh, the Kroger's is mm-hmm. people are coming like, I don't know about you guys, but I've got a 10 year old, 11 year old now at home. And when my wife says, hey, you got to go and do grocery shopping. The last thing I want to do is go grocery shopping after a long day. Then come home with all the stuff I did and start prepping a meal to cook so I could do dishes afterwards. So on the day that I go to the grocery store, there's nothing better than running into a Kroger. It has one of these Kitchen United mixes. I walk up. I place my order. The great thing about Kitchen United, they have that mix ordering. So my kid could get the plain burger. I could order a badass breakfast burrito. And I could get my wife a salad from another company. And it all comes into one order. I place my order. I go shopping. I go check out of the counter. I swing by and pick up the food for dinner that night. I come home. I drop the groceries in the fridge, and we have our warm meal. We eat as a family, and I'm in a good mood to talk to my kid and even have time to help her with her homework. Then I have the food there for the rest of the week. So I think it's genius what they're doing. And also differently than a virtual brand where sometimes, you know, there's ghost kitchens where you're hidden in some warehouse somewhere. I mean, you've got 2 million people walking to Kroger seeing our names and our brands out there. So I think it's an awesome uh, new new way uh, for Kitchen United to get our brands, some brands out there. Yeah, I, I love it. And I got to tell you, I see something happening here, Jimmy, that's very interesting. And I think our listeners are going to love it. You know, we see these direct-to-consumer brands like Warby Parker, uh, Bonobos. Uh, Jimmy loves those pants. He, they, they, they're stretchy. They have elastic oh, waistbands, which love is perfect those for logic. him. Perfect for even, even a little brand like Apple. They all started direct to consumer, and then they start opening up brick and mortar stores. Warby Parker's got a bunch of stores here in the city. Jimmy, Bonobos, as you know, because that's yep. where you get your pants from. Apple, obviously, I, they got stores everywhere in the city. I don't think Apple's going to make it. I'm sticking with my Zune and my BlackBerry. And, and now I see these virtual brands are going brick and mortar. Mr. Beast opened up in New Jersey at that big mall by the uh, by MetLife Stadium. I mean, 100 gazillion people came for the opening. I see Dickie's. Dickie's Barbecue has their virtual concept, Wing Boss, uh, which was their virtual concept, is now opening a brick and mortar. 
And and correct me if I'm wrong, Andre. Now you guys are turning are turning badass breakfast burritos into a brick and mortar franchise. What can you tell us about this? And uh, this is like a phenomenon. These these are virtual brands, and now they're going brick and mortar. Our number is, is badass breakfast burrito. The next Apple. Boom. <laughs> I mean. I don't know if I can announce it here, but I guess I'm going to have to say it. We are going to go and have a brick and mortar uh, coming up next year for Badass Breakfast Burrito. I mean, how can you not? It's our number one selling item of all menu items at a doghouse. Dogs, burgers, fried chicken sandwiches is a badass breakfast burrito, and we don't even have it in the store. It's only okay, is that part. breaking? Is that part. breaking news, Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy, this is breaking news. This is breaking news. I, I think you just got breaking news. Are you kidding me? The number one selling item is a badass breakfast burrito. Where's the first store opening, and when do I get there? It's got to be in LA because if it's not in LA where I live, it's going to be a problem. Because you know I have too many people asking me when's it going to open, when's it going to open, and we've got to obviously test it. So I'm going to ask you a question on this. We don't know. Should this be a badass breakfast burrito concept that's only for like breakfast or should we do breakfast and late night munchies like back in the day where restaurants would have the split shift and be closed for dark? Because right now I'm telling you the busiest hours for badass breakfast burrito is 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. in Lincoln Park. It's not yeah, I, wonder who, I wonder who's eating that. Are the kids <laughs> are the kids who are going to the bars. So we want to have it all day long. So we're just trying to figure out, is this going to be a place where we've got a bar? Is this a place that's just going to have badass breakfast burritos? Like, I don't know. My, my brain is going I, everywhere. I, so I'll that's the Andre, last thing we got to figure out. Andre, I got to tell you, I think you could be the person that single-handedly – brings the egg the respect it deserves. Why is the egg relegated to just breakfast? Why is the egg relegated to just late night? The egg deserves a place throughout the day. So I say, Andre, the egg should be an open, you should that be all day. I agree. I mean, first of all, every one of our, you get it, we crack an egg. Most of our burgers and dogs have a uh, uh, of course i own them and for me i'm i'm about to turn 50 i gotta i'm watching my weight i'm in the fast casual industry i'm screwed i love to drink so i have to do this stupid (laughs) inter. i have to do this stupid intermittent fasting stuff right my last sip of alcohol is at eight o'clock then i have my first i break my fast at noon you know what i want two days a week in the house we make breakfast for dinner because i want breakfast all the time all the the time yeah respect the egg. egg And that's no yoke. And that's no yoke, Jimmy. Let's respect it. Oh, hey, you see what he did there? Oh, I love it. I think you just answered your own question. Badass breakfast burrito is 24-7, baby. 24-7. All right. Listen, Andre, it turns out that what we started the podcast, because we enjoy talking to people, especially me. Uh, I said it before. Sorry, C Sweetheart, I said it before you did. Uh, we yeah, also learned along the way that sometimes our guests have questions for us. So here we go, talking back. Uh, we give our guests a chance to ask us a question or two. And as we like to say, nothing is off the table. Andre, the microphone is yours. Well, you, Shotzi. I'll give you a question first. What do you see oh. as a trend with these virtual brands? Do you see more people are going to try to create their own brands internally, or are they going to go to some of the companies out there and license them? What do you think some of these enterprise companies should be doing? Wow. Wow. Okay. I want to be very respectful and very mindful. That's a great question. Good question. And I want to be very mindful of all of my friends out there in all segments because I love everybody. I love everybody. I'm going to preface that, Jimmy. Andre's and, stalling. Know, He's stalling. And I play nice. No, I play nice in the sandbox. But I got to tell you something. I just love what you guys are doing. 
you're in the restaurant space, you got a great concept, you know what you're doing, you came up with some great virtual brands, you've got the know-how, you got the, 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 the culinary expertise, I love what you're doing, and that to me makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to say, you know, if, if, if you know, I'm not going to say that the other way of taking licensing on else's brand is a bad idea. It's a great idea. So I think it all depends on who you are and what your bandwidth is. But I, I love what you guys are doing. And uh, and, and I'm going to stick with that. All right. And I'll give you one, Jimmy. Sure. Um, with what's going out there in the market uh, everything is crazy. What's what's the pulse? Are you gonna, are we going to see a bunch of mergers and acquisitions? Are we going to see a bunch of companies uh, being sold? Is there money out there? Is everyone scared? Is this ta- is this the time to raise money? Is this the time to sell? What's what's I love what, it. What's the deal? What's the pulse? I love it. Shatty Andre came to play, man. He came to play. Oh, he has he had questions. Be prepared. This was no joke. Um, you know what? Um, I'll, I'll, I love your question, and I could take an entire episode or uh, just to, just to talk about it. But Shatsy would make fun of me, so we won't do that. But I'd say the Jimmy, following: Jimmy, you can take an episode on an introduction of your yeah. name. <laughs> um, I there is certainly real risks out there, and I'm not going to make light of any of it. And whether it's the uh, what's going on in Ukraine and 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 the gentleman across the uh, that border, let's um, not forget about the baby formula shortage, Jimmy. Well, let me you know we have inflation at at uh, 30, 40, 40 year high, which is a market that a lot of folks, including myself, really haven't seen. When I was, you know, in the 70s, we had this kind of inflation. I was focused on other things and you've got recessionary discussions and whatnot. But despite all of that, those are real risks. I think this correction, and I know some CEOs out there and, and whatnot won't love this comment, but this is actually healthy. This is necessary. And there's been a repricing of capital that, in our opinion, um, actually makes this an incredibly attractive time to be deploying capital. Um, and I'm telling some CEOs that, that you maybe you raised in a, in a more bullish environment previously, and maybe this is a somewhat, you know, maybe the correction's a little overdone. Maybe um, you blend them together and you're doing, you're doing okay. So we do think this is a very attractive time to invest. We do think that the M&A activity is going to hit a fever pitch. There's a, a saturation and a lot of tech and stuff out there, and we think you know a fair amount of them do the same thing. We, this is a great time for for folks to bundle and integrate and create a you know a little bit more uh, a platform that operators will embrace because it, it starts to get rid of some of the tech vendors right now. Uh, I think operators on average have 12 vendors, um, and sometimes 20 and 30. They want less. They want bundled solutions. Um, and while this is becoming one of the most attractive times because entry points matter. That's also when it's typically hardest to raise capital. So I will tell you, Brandon is deploying. We've been very active, um, and we are going to continue to do so. And so, yes, M&A activity is going to spike. In terms of capital out there, there is a couple hundred billion that's been raised um, by the VC community and does need to be deployed. It needs to be deployed intelligently, of course, but it is going to come into this market. So I'm expecting this to be a most interesting uh, sprint to year end, and it's going to be a really incredible 23, and I can't wait to be you know, in the weeds and digging in. So that's my, I think, a great question. I'm excited by the year ahead. Great answer, guys. Great I got to tell you, great answer, Jimmy. I thought you were going to continue on, and I'm glad the well, ended there. That was just my intro to now. Now the now oh, I want to answer. Now I want to answer the question. That was my intro to now my answer to the question. I'm kidding, yeah. Shatsy. Go ahead. All right, listen. Let's get into the food service feud. We had a great time with the food service feud. We've asked, uh, and we're going to play Jimmy, Andre. We're going to play the little food service feud right now. We asked. We asked 100 million people, and not just anybody. I'm going. 
looked in, we put out a survey. We asked 100 million people. 100 people. Okay. 100 million people. Random restaurant patrons. On LinkedIn, because we do it every every Tuesday on LinkedIn, we have a poll. And uh, here we go. Well, you, you know, you, you can't beat a classic uh, uh, a piece of pizza. You know, I'm talking a triangle piece of pizza, right? But sometimes it's nice to get really creative with your pizza order. There's pizza bagels, there's pizza rolls, there's calzones, there's pizza cones, there's pizza in a cup. There, there, there's all different kinds of pizza, right? Pizza in a cup. That's my dish, baby, pizza in a cup. Yeah, there's a pizza in a cup. And there's a lot of different alternatives out there. So I'm going to ask you guys, okay – on the uh, what? What is your favorite pizza alternative? Okay, are you ready? Go. No. Right. Who was that? Who was that? that? Was Andre. 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 Go. I, I hit the buzzer. I'm go. gonna say I usually like having two slices of pizza and folding them on top of each other. So I'm gonna kind of go with a calzone if I can't have a pizza dog. So I'll go with calzone. That's the number one answer. Look at that, Andre. Number one answer. He's going wow. calzone. Jimmy, you're so slow. Andre's got the buzzer. I mean, you got nothing. Oh, Jimmy, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you guess. What do you think the number two answer was? Well, I was going to I was, I was, I was go ahead of the calzone anyway, so I guess I'm glad I didn't go because I would have lost. But look, I'm a New Yorker. Oh, what are boy. What are, what, are, what, are we, what are we known for? The bagel. The bagel, <laughs> I tell you. So yeah. if I can't have pizza triangle, I want my pizza bagel. Yeah, number two answer is pizza bagel. By the way, the calzone got 61% of the votes. The bagel came in at number two, Jimmy, uh, for all those New York Jews out there. And, of course, the pizza roll followed by the pizza cone. And, of course, uh, number five, the pizza in a cup. Pizza, uh, I got to tell you, if you just pulled 100 million New Yorkers, uh, I'm telling you, the pizza bagel would have done better. If it, it was just, yes. Uh, and we will do next week, we will ask just 100,000 New Yorkers right. it, what they like, a guaranteed pizza bagel. Jimmy, let's go back to that, that interesting question you asked earlier in the episode of Andre. Oh, yes, yes. The question we asked was, true or false, Andre was a guest at Michael Jackson's funeral. Shatsy, care to take a guess? I got to be honest with you, Jimmy. This is not really a fair question for me because I heard the story from Andre. And yes, he was at Michael Jackson's funeral. But now you got to hear the story because it's All right. great. All right, Andre. Well, the story, my friend. Here's a true story. I own Red, White and Blues Jazz Club, Pasadena. Randy Jackson came and sat at the bar two days a week all the time there. He became good friends with me and best friends with my mater D. All of a sudden, you know, we watched the Michael Jackson funeral at the Staples Center and everybody around the world was trying to spend 10,000 bucks to go see, be one of 26,000 people to go see the funeral. Well, three days later, he actually had his private funeral with 75 people. Um, it was right here down the street. And of course the paparazzi was like a thousand deep. Uh, Randy Jackson didn't want to show up by himself since he doesn't have, you know, kids and a spouse and all that. So he called his best buddy, my mater D, Brian, who's my close friend. And Brian's like, I got to I got to call off on this shift. And I said, what do you mean? You can't call off on a shift. And he's like, I got to leave. This is a chance of a lifetime. I said, what is it? And he said, I'm, I am going with Randy to Michael Jackson's funeral. And I said, his funeral was at Staples Center like three days ago. No, his actual funeral and the after party. And I said, you could go only if I'm your plus one. And he's like, I can't. I said, call Randy. He knows me. Tell him I'm coming. He's like, sure. Andre could come too. So I go down there to 75 people. And let me tell you, it was the most awkward, coolest thing I've ever done. I mean, Janet Jackson, Latoya Jackson, Reverend Sharpton, 
you know, Barry Bond, Andre, Andre, Andre Benner was at the 75 people. And I was just like, what am I doing here? But, uh, you know, I've heard of wedding crashing, but this is like a whole nother level. And so, yes, the, the answer did, to the did question. You, did you bring hot dogs at least? Did you bring like a platter of hot dogs? I didn't even like have doghouse like I didn't even have doghouse. I had I had nothing. I, I just sat there and drank nervously and looked at everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I would put a platter of like a little a little mini hot dogs, like a nice shiver call, right, Jimmy? Yes. Pizza bagels. Well, listen, it's a great story. I got to tell you, that is a classic story that you were at. Literally, really, I mean, it is the most intimate funeral ever, and Andre's there. Well, like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and trust me, everybody <laughs> thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah, who the hell is this guy? All right, listen, uh, great, great story. We're going right on to the Brandon Quickfire. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions, okay? Are you ready, Andre? Yep. Favorite hot dog topping? Cheese. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? I'm going to go downtown LA to Kohl's, and then I'm going to go in this back speakeasy at a place called Varnish and have a couple, couple cocktails. Ooh, like it. Like what it is your favorite food city in the world? Rapungi, Tokyo. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, what the hell's Rapungi? But now yeah. you said Tokyo, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Okay. Where's your, <laughs> where's your favorite place to travel? Well, a favorite place, a couple of favorite places I've traveled would be uh, Wadi Rum in Jordan and Buenos Aires. But like the place that I keep going back to, like I'm going this Thanksgiving for two weeks. I'm going to go out to Freiburg, Germany, where I'm where I'm from. I'm going back to the motherland of the hot dogs. I got to say hi to my family out there. But what I can't believe. Did I say motherland? I don't know. Fatherland, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I get confused. The motherland, the fatherland. I think I'm going to call it. I think I'm going to call it Deutschland. I'm going to call it Deutschland. Deutschland. And going back there. But you know what I found out when I'm going back to land there? It's the opening day. Of World Cup, World, Cup World Cup And so I decided I'm going to take a train to five different countries and watch the countries. Of course, it's all in Saudi and Qatar, but I'm going to watch Holland play in Holland. I'm going to go to Paris and watch France play. I'm going to go to Munich and watch. I just figure the party in those home countries. Oh, are going to be amazing I, I can't, couldn't even imagine what it would be like over there. Because so, I know here in the States, World Cup soccer, I mean, every pizzeria basically, basically shuts down. And just, it's just, everything is just all about World Cup. I think, the, I think the speed round, I just slowed it up. So I apologize, guys. I just too no, excited. No. When you say travel, I'm just too excited to go for World Cup to Europe. Yeah, no. When I said quick fire, meant slow fire. Okay. Uh, if you were to ch- <laughs> and on the final one, if you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a jump roping competition, who had better odds of beating? Well, Shotzi, since I like said I'd kick your ass on the racetrack last time we talked, I'm going to say I could take Jimmy on the jump rope. Sorry, I just could. I just, I just could do two in a row to Shotzi. That's yeah. like I don't yeah. want to break his heart. No, no, I think, I think white, men, white men can't jump. I think they say uh, Jimmy can't jump. Yeah, yeah. You could. By the way, you could slip a paper under my my vertical. That you could do. One one sleep, one piece of uh, loose sleeve paper. You could definitely get under my vertical. All right, Andre. I agree with you. By the way, I think you'd take me down and jump roping. We thank you so much for joining us uh, on the hangout uh, and for sharing all your great insights. And, and really, congratulations on what you're doing with Absolute Brands and Doghouse. Um, it's 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 impressive, and we're enjoying watching you and your team's uh, success. Um, if you want to get in touch with Andre directly, uh, you can email the podcast. 
Jeff team. Uh, it was a season one mistake of giving out direct contact information, cell phones, it's frowned upon. Um, so now you can email podcast at brandonstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make an introduction for you. And to our listeners, always and sincerely, thank you for tuning in uh, with us. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we love that we continue to roll through, grow our, uh, our, our, our subscribers and the folks listening to us, and we're having a whole lot of fun. Please join you know, us Jimmy, next week. You know, Jimmy, uh, Andre made a uh, special offer uh, to all of our listeners today. I don't know if you were aware of it because he just sent it in privately to a chat to me. Yeah, I was not and, aware. Uh, let me read the offer. It was a very kind and generous offer. He said the first 100 emails or callers into the podcast today will receive lifetime, mind you, lifetime, lifetime badass breakfast burritos. <laughs> lifetime badass breakfast burritos. This is better than when Kramer got the, the, the lifetime coffee. 100 lifetime badass breakfast burritos. As many badass breakfast burritos you can eat for your entire life, Jimmy. Yeah, I think you missed the fine Thank print. You. It's, it's Thank out you of, to it's, that, Andre. It's out, of, it's, out of the Albany, it's out of the Albany, New York store, though. It's 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 limited to the Albany, New York store. I don't know where it store. is, but all I know is that's a generous offer. So listen, callers, call in right now. Jimmy, give them the number. Yeah, it's uh, 1-800-555-5555. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. It's extension 1-1. Station one one. <laughs> well, tell him Andre sent you. <laughs> uh, listen, join us next week as we welcome the legendary Karen Stutz, president and CEO of Native Foods. Uh, uh, as our guest, Karen has spent her career working at Wendy's, Applebee's, Brinker, Cozy, Red Robin, just to name a few of the brands uh, that she's left a major impact on. You won't want to miss it. And finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss out on any of our exciting guests. So with great appreciation to Andre, uh, I want to say thank you and uh, I'm going to uh, and cheers and I'm going to pass it back to my boy Shatsy. Hey, thank you, Andre. Thank you everybody for listening and listen, don't forget about that big uh, burrito special offer. Call in guys. Get oh. your free burritos. <laughs> cheers Thanks, everybody. Guys. Thanks cheers. guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>